what God has ordained for you to be. Isaiah 14:24. It says, "The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan, it shall be; as I purpose, it will stand." It doesn't matter what you have been going through, or what can go through you. I'm telling you something. Something triggered in Christ with Tabernacle on Friday. All right. If you miss that meeting, God had put it in my heart that I should make sure I anoint you. Not today. Anybody who is a seed of this house who missed the anointing service of of last Friday, God commanded me to anoint them. And I will go to all CFT Global to do the same thing because something has shifted in the heavenlies concerning you. I will together now. And so I want to encourage you, the little you have been putting into God, double it. Because the hour has come that God will glorify you. Turn to some beside you and welcome them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Wow, like somebody said. Well, this morning, I want to continue with you on what God began. I told you that we have been looking at the signs of the end. That is the things that God said concerning the end through Christ and in the scriptures through various apostles. And we began from Matthew 24, verse for where the Lord Jesus spoke about the things that were coming, who will mark the time of his coming and the time of the end. Now we have looked at the fact that Jesus says, um, watch out that what? Say it again. I just want to make sure that you didn't say no man. <laughs> Are we together now? So that I'm very conscious that you are consciously speaking what you are saying to me. Watch out that no one deceived. And we, got, we understood that according to Bible exposition, there are three categories that fall into that one. The first one is you deceiving yourself. Yes? Come on now, let's speak. And deception, one deceiving himself is the highest deception. That's why I dwell on it. We will never expo- If I talk about man deceiving himself... For the whole year, I will have messages to tell you, which will affect every realms of your life, married person, beginning from your person. I think some time ago, I think Pastor Ty will remember this and, and uh, some others. I was teaching you on, um, uh, from the book of um, Genesis chapter 11 from verse, verse 1 to 6. I was teaching you about confusion, power of the mind. And uh, I spoke about the fact that you know, soul decision, what I call soul decision, that is a decision you make by yourself. Like today, you decide to wear the shoe you wore, the, the clothes you wore. You decide to look the way you look. That is your own soul decision. You don't need people to come and discuss and agree for things like that, except some of us who are married and we have caring wives, you know, they sometimes will interrupt you and whatever they tell you to put on, you put on, whatever the case may be. But your soul decision. I told you something that is common between soul decision and corporal decision is the fact that other elements are 
affected. Though it's your sole decision, but it will directly or indirectly affect other people. I will gather now. What you eat is your decision. All right? But how what you eat reacts in your body will affect some other people. If you don't look good, some other people will feel, oh, why? So we understand, therefore, that anything that we do, we must have in contemplation how it will affect other people. But when a man deceives himself, one of the greatest dilemma is that he does not think about the effect of this on others. And that deception cripples the man. If you don't manifest what God wants you to be, it affects me. It affects the person next to you because you would have been better of use to me and you did not. I would together now. And self-deception is the most powerful delusion weapon in the hands of, the, of Lucifer. Which believers cannot over-exploit. But at the same time, I spoke to you about, um, about um, others deceiving you. Which we saw in the book of First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Don't forget, First Timothy 4, 1. 24, Matthew, verse 4. So you have 4, 4, 4, 4, isn't it? Yes? And we looked into that extensively, especially ministers who will be speaking and, did, you know, you know, um, the, um, you know, misleading people. And you need to know that. I explore on that because you who follow me must know that. Let me ask you something. If you went to, when you are coming to this church this morning, and you are the first person to come into this church, no, 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 this church is even too far. If you leave this place today and you get to your house, and in the door of your house you saw a chicken cut or a dove cut or, or, or you know, um, pigeon, Headless, and the blood is spewed over the whole of your handle of your house. What do you do? Tell me. Yes? Tell me what you do. Sincerely. Clean it up. Say what? Clean it up. Clean it up. Why? Because it's not supposed to be there. It means nothing. Put your hands together for him. If you call yourself a believer, and you'll be afraid of such, you are not born again. Am I correct? Simple. A born again cannot deny his God. Because the Bible says in the book of Isaiah 44 verse 9. Let's read together. Hey, this is General Headquarters. Come on, read it together for me. Say it again. The next line says, the things they treasure are what? The things they treasure are what? The next line says. So which means anybody who does things for fetishism or cultism, he's what? And then they did what? So if a Christian is afraid of any of such, you are afraid of nothing. That is self-deception. No one can help you. Because the Bible says those who worship idols are nothing. And the things they treasure, like they come and put blood in your, in your place, you don't need to pray about it. Because you are praying over nothing. The reason why people fail is because they believe that they are failures. You can't help them to pass. The reason why Satan can afflict anybody who calls himself a Christian is because he had believed that Satan is greater than him and he can afflict him. So he will penetrate him. 
Because the Bible says you are not given the spirit of fear, that you fall back into what? Into what? Into what? Say slavery. A man is a slave to he that he fears. You fear failure, you will fail. Because you have become a slave to failure. You fear to lose your marriage, you will lose it. Because you have become a fear to that element. So those of you who are with me must know this. If you come to this church, if you cannot do what I've been teaching, you are not part of me. I said that to you on Friday, didn't I? Yes, hallelujah. You mustn't fear nothing. That is self-deception. The Bible says that the things they treasure are worthless. All the charms that they treasure is worthless. So if I send any one of you, a witch comes into that door, and he wears black, black, and he's speaking, and fire is coming out of his mouth, physical fire. And I say, you're going to take him out. I expect to go there and confront him, and I rebuke that fire in the name of Jesus, and I rebuke that spirit. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. I do not expect a child in this church not to do that. Because you know that even if smoke is coming out of his head, it's fake. The Bible says it's worthless. What the Bible calls worthless can never worth. Anything the Bible says is powerless can never be powerful. The only one that is powerful is the sovereign one and those who believe in him. In whose the spirit of the holy God live. Now let me talk to you now about hearing the voice of God. This is what we have been looking at over the past few days. And the Bible promised and said that evil will continue and increase. Many will desert the sound doctrine of the teaching of the word. They will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible also says through Joel, In the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon what? All flesh. And that flesh is the flesh of those who believe in Jesus. Correct? And we looked at that last week. And what did he say will happen to them? Sons and daughters will what? Prophesy. Sons and daughters will what? Prophesy. And then he says, young men shall do what? See vision. And the old men shall what? Dream dreams, not have nightmares. Now, I've just taken you through the preamble for you to have the confidence that what the Bible says is true. Now, this morning, when I anointed you on Friday, I said you will begin to see trees. People have started having some testimonies from, from Wednesday. People started hearing clearly and seeing things and stuff like that. Now, let me say, after anointing you, I decided to put you into test this morning. And this morning, I came in before seven. And I was so excited that you passed. Because people were here before I came. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And when I came into the auditorium, unassuming, they didn't see me, but they were all praying. They didn't see me, but they were all praying. Now, let me say something to you. One of my, one of my, um, Biara, the, the, uh, one of them, you know, he came after I came because usually they always phone me, Apostle, where are you? And I say, I'm at this place. I'll be here in 10 minutes or 15 minutes and stuff. But he said, he's, something told him in his spirit that Apostle will be coming to the church early today. He said, no, he has other things to do. Really, today is going to be my longest day because I will be with you with the cathedral. Come back here then. At, I cannot go until 6.30 because our television program today will be going live. So I will have to be here till 6.30. Then be in the television by 6, do the live program. 
and then by 7, finish the live program before I can start going home. Okay? It's going to be a long day. But yet, I was here earlier. So, he now said, ah, you know, I would have been here, but they didn't tell me that you're going to be here a little bit. I just tried it off. That is the voice of God. Everyone who believes in Jesus, hear the still and gentle voice. Many times when he speaks to you, okay, you just think it's your thoughts. And many times if you look around your life, you have ignored that voice. And what the voice told you eventually took place. So, I thought about it. Everybody will have an account of this. Where you are having some thoughts in your mind and then, you know, something different came suddenly. You felt, no, 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 no. Even sometimes some of you have rebuked him as a devil. Because what he's saying to you to do is right, but it's not in line with what you want to do. And you begin to question that, can this be God? How do you know God speaking? By examining what he said by the word. It is good. It is godly. So if it is good and it is God, which is by the word, then it is God. Some of us have gone to examination and we have questions and we have, we, we wrote an answer and another thought came and told us that, no, that answer is not correct. And without examining it, we cancelled the answer and we wrote the new thought and the first thought came out and said, that is the answer. I said, no, let me stick with the second one. You just missed God. Because you left the place and discovered that the first one you did was correct. It has happened to a few number of students. I would get that. So, in the place where you have a thought, and another thought came into it, what should you do? Take a pause. Read between the lines of the question. Or of your intended action. Wait with true knowledge. Wait, if it is spiritual, with God knowledge. And then you will now see the secret behind the question. And you will not be having a situation of missing the right thing and regretting. Oh, when you came out, everything came back. Oh, I just missed it. I just missed it. The intention of God for Christians is to maximize the potentials he put in them on earth. Now, for the next 15 minutes, I want to take you through a little journey of the gift of vision. Just a little journey. When I come back to your miss again, we will look detailed into this. Throughout the month of June, what we'll be treating is this manifestation. Because if you can operate it, you have less headache on earth. What is vision? What is vision? What's, when I looked at visions as in occasions of visions in the Bible, what came to my mind is that vision can be defined as insight given by God to understand God's mysteries. It's an insight that God gives to a man so that God can enter into the realm of mystery, all right, and then have understanding of mystery. And what scripture, or from what scripture did that definition stand? Deuteronomy 29, 29. What did he say? The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. 
that we may follow all the word of the Lord. If you look at this scripture, it tells us that anything that is a mystery belongs to God. But mystery revealed belongs to man. And not only to us, to our children. So Christians must see vision and their children must see vision. That's the reason why there is no gift of vision. Are we together now? You have the nine gifts. Vision is not part of it. Because it is a right of every believer. Okay? Now, what are the purposes of vision? From my understanding of the scriptures, I found out that all visions revealed in the Bible, I could categorize them into three segments. God gave visions to reveal mandates. Number one, God's mandates. Whenever God wants to give a mandate, He comes to man in vision. I have many, many examples of that. In a vision, the Lord God appeared to Noah and told Noah about the ark. In a vision, He appeared to Moses and told Moses about how He would deliver Israel from bondage. In a vision, he appeared to Abraham and told Abraham many things. All right? So, if you look at the major key uh, uh, example of that, which I, which I wanted to read through now, is Exodus 3, 1 to 10. In Exodus 3, 1 to 10, if we go through that very quickly... 3, 1 to 10. It says, that Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. It says, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, He did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is a holy ground. Then he said, I am the Lord your God, uh, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have had their crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am now concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land filled with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hivites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Hittites, Hivites, Hittites, and Jebusites. Verse 9. And now the cry of the Israelite has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, 
I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people from, I mean, the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, I will look at this detail with you. And I want to go and read it. In this, you will see the principles that God requires from a man before God can appoint a man to be a leader. You will also see the mechanism of visions. Because he saw the bush burning, all right, but the, the leaves were not consumed. But many will see God's wonders and they will just shrug their shoulder and walk away from it. People like that don't go far into the mystery. Mystery can be revealed to those who are curious to know. So your curiosity has to do with your ability to enter into the realm of mystery. I will together now. We'll look at that very much detail. But you will also see that it was an angel of the Lord, the Lord sent, who appeared in the flames. So every vision, to every vision there is an angel of communication. And the end of it was that God told him that, look, these people are suffering. This is why I've created you to go and release them. Visions, God gives vision to reveal mandates. Everything you need to be on earth, if you can do the things I'm telling you, those of you who have not known it yet, it will be revealed to you. And those of you who have known it, maybe you are not very clear, you will be fully convinced. Do we get it now? So we'll look at that detail later on. The second reason why God gives vision is to reveal destiny. Mandate is an, is a, an assignment God has given to somebody. But destiny is the purposes for which God created someone. They look very similar, but they are two different things. God created Moses to be a deliverer. The mandate is to release Israel from bondage. Okay? God appointed me to be an apostle. But the mandate is to minister to you. My calling is to be an apostle. My mandate is to minister to you. And you must know a mandate, because when God gives a mandate, as to fulfill destiny, mandates come out of destiny. All right? Therefore, which means that mandates could be so, it could be one thing, but destiny could be one thing, but mandate could be several mandates. Are you with me? And you see that in the in studying the, the, the story about I mean, the scriptures about destiny and mandate. If you look at the book of Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, very quickly. Destiny. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, the next verse, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Look at this. Before you were you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Go back. If you look at that verse, God is talking about a pre-program before a human being is formed in the womb. You need to know that about you. What did God create you to be? What did He create you to be? The Bible says God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. So we have two areas of Destiny. Destiny to bring you food and stuff and, you know, to bless humanity in social destiny. And you have spiritual destiny, which is what is God going to use you for in the spiritual, which is the church. Everyone that profess the name of Jesus must live by this. 
Are we together now? First of all, say I have a destiny. And I have a mandate. Both are given by God. For Jeremiah, it says, When I was preparing you in your mother's womb, I set you apart. Now, I appointed you to be a prophet to the plural. Nations. That's destiny. He is destined to be a prophet. Let me help you understand two things which you must not miss. How old was this man? Seventeen. When this word happened. Seventeen. So teenagers must know this. This man was seventeen. <laughs> How old was Moses? Eighty. Hey. If, let me do a test. How many of you are over eighty? Stand up. Where is the Ganesha? Why are you not standing? You want to see other friends? <laughs> Can you see the kid now? So, in the whole of this congregation, you have, I can say that one in 300 people is 80. Okay, they can place it as Now, you see how Dickens is. He's 84. Correct? 83. Now, Dickens is 83, going to 84. Can you imagine that a man spent all his life, he didn't know his calling. Then when he's 80, God now calls, comes to him and says that, you have a destiny. The reward, the reason why I created you, for 80 years, you didn't do it. It's preparation. Everything I've taken you through for 80 years is just to prepare you. Now you are matured enough for me to use. I'm sending you. If God appears to you at the age of 80, to tell you that he's sending you, for destiny. You only know that you will live too long. Oh yes. Oh yes. Because it means that you cannot die. Even if they, they, they carry bulldozer and crush you into pieces. You will rise up again and move. Because you have to fulfill destiny. Are you with me now? Now, this is the issue. Therefore, nobody in this church can tell me that because I'm old... I cannot. Deacon Ensure is my armor bearer at 83. 83. I showed you a, a, a film on Saturday, on Friday, of a, a woman in Jamaica born without hands and she's leading choir. She has only one hand. Her legs were scribbled by polio. She was born like that. Little tiny legs. She uses her leg to prepare food. She baked cake with the leg. We saw it mixing the dough with leg, one leg. She used the leg to write. She would not want anyone to help her. And they asked her, what is your best song? It says, why should I be discouraged? Why should I? That <laughs> because of her, I'm going to memorize that song. His eye, his eye is upon the sparrow. Now, let me say this to you. Can you and I go to the same heaven with that woman without fulfilling your own destiny? Question yourself. You are not born again just to be coming to church and be sitting down and be joining them to accompany. 
to go to church. That is not born again. That is a wasted life. If a, instead of a person just to come and sit down in church, it's better for him not to come to church at all and sleep all his life and die and go to where he wants to go. But to be coming, 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 and you die, and the Lord says, I do not know you. What's your, what's your, what, what is your purpose of coming? Don't you understand? That is what the devil wants for all of us. To while away our time, when he knows we are not really serious with life. Let me say this to you. A young man who pretends as if he's going to school, but he will go from home to go and play. Others go to school. He will come back and as if he's gone to school. What happened to them? They become garbage collector. And they will see their mates who were going to school suffering, riding Mercedes Benz, top class, sit at the back. Hello, Wooly. May that not be you. Are you with me now? Same thing. You see, for that one who became a garbage collector, he can now see his mates and say that, Ah, I'm now 60. I wasted 60 years. All right, if I have five years more, I will do something better and go to school. Again, at the age of 60. Even if he does not go and read the physics and all stuff, if it is carpentry, he lays hands on and do it. We know he's a carpenter. If it is plumbing, plumbing does not need you to read, read, read. They give you spanner, they show you how to build it, you build it. Or go and learn how to cut clothes and sew clothes. Those ones don't need too much reading. Only scissors and, and needle. Deal, deal with it. Ah, am I not saying some sense? What are you talking about? If you are too late, you can't go to university. It's not a problem. I'm not educated. It's not a problem. You can go and read, out or read and write just one year. And then you can go and look for something you can do with your hand. And that person, look, they were teaching, uh, Pastor Elizabeth was the one talking about this when he was teaching them in Birmingham uh, two weeks ago. Kentucky was a lawyer. In his 60s, he was debarred. That is, they, they struck him out of practice. Then he decided to go and he came out with this idea of Kentucky at 65 or so, 62. And he came out of Kentucky, and Kentucky is now multi-billion. At 62, he taught all the law he practiced all his years. He didn't get one billion. He didn't get one million. But when they removed him from practice, something jump-started in his head. That there is a destiny hidden inside you have no use. I'm saying this to help you know that no matter what age you say you are, it's not too late to fulfill destiny. Don't let the devil tell you it's too late. Any mistake you have made in your life past is a learning curve. God needs it in this, your new obedience. Hey, I blew my life up. Who didn't blow his life up? I blew my two. Yeah, I blow it. But God put it back again. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are used to blowing life up, blowing things up, when we don't know anything. And they tell you that don't do it this way, as far as I am concerned. And then when you break your leg, you come ah, to the same person, I told you. Eh, eh. They help you mend your leg broken. That means that you will fulfill destiny now with broken leg. You will have done it without broken leg, but you went to apply for broken leg yourself. And you got a broken leg. That does not stop you from fulfilling destiny. So don't leave this place today and tell me you regret. You have nothing to regret than if you don't do something today. That's the only regret you have. Your destiny can be revealed to you by God. 
So with our mandate, we saw destiny. The last one is direction. You can get direction in life by vision. You know, when I tell you to serve God, I told people to be coming out to pray. They are coming. It's not for Joko. Something, things are happening to them. Direction can be given by vision. Acts chapter 9 verse 1 to 6. I will not read it. Write it down. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 to 5. Then 26 to 30. If you read it, in the book of Acts chapter 9, 1 to 16, what happened was that a man called Saul believed that he was working for God by killing Christians. So he went about to kill Christians. He was going to um, Turkey to go and kill Christians. Uh, no, they was going to Syria, this modern-day Syria, Damascus. As he was going on his way, Jesus double-crossed him. So that tells you that people who are not born again, but who have God's intention, and they are fighting sincerely, thinking they are on God's side, God will always double-cross them. Jesus will reveal himself to them. If it doesn't, it means that they are not sincere. But if you look at the vision, in that vision, Jesus told him, go to this place and you will find this man and he will tell you what is next. He told him the address. A man called Ananias. Because when Jesus saw, met him, he got, just blinded him so that he can't see anymore. When you can't see, how can you kill? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. A blind man can kill. Can go kill. But you told him that the person you want to kill is the one who will make you see. So if the person you want to kill give you sight, I will see how you kill him now. Is that not a good thing to do by Jesus? I love Jesus, man. <laughs> Don't cross him. If you look at chapter 8 as well, you see a young man called Philip who was going out of persecution but preaching the gospel as he goes. And then after preaching the gospel, an angel appeared to him. And then he was given direction. If you look at the book of Acts chapter 10, we looked at that on Friday, you will see also another man who was not a Christian, but the man was a committed seeker of God. Now let me say this to you in closing. I have helped you to know two, three things. None of you who believe in Jesus have the right to be confused over anything. You haven't got the right to be confused over anything. Even over your children. I were together now. You don't have right to be confused. A father in the house must be able to give direction to the wife and the children. I was happy when uh, Brasingova was giving his testimony on, on Tuesday. Brasingova said that his father told him that before I give back to you, God told us that you will be a lawyer. Did you not hear it? And he said that he wanted to be whether he was a pilot, <laughs> driving jet bomber. He wanted to be a pilot. But the father said, well, if you want to be a pilot, it doesn't matter. But what God told me before you were conceived is you are going to be a lawyer. Do you know that that statement drove him into law? And do you know that now he's a qualified lawyer at 24? Not only just qualify, he is working with top law firm. And I told you the same thing with each of my own children. I told them from infant, this is what God told me you will be. This is what God told me you will be. And this is your spiritual calling, each one of them. 
You can see too. But to see, the prize is obedience, willing heart, regular prayer, not praying for three hours or five hours. That doesn't impress God. Praying for three hours, five hours does not impress God. Because God created you to have other things, responsibilities to do. Okay? What impressed God is that if you pray 30 minutes every three hours, it's consistent all your life. You are seeking Him. You are not holding God ransom because you have a problem. That's when you pray. I've told you fasting. If you fast within first, second, and third, once in a, in a month, the rest of it, pray regularly, pray regularly, pray regularly, read the Bible regularly, read the Bible regularly. When you come to church or you hear the Word of God, write something down, go home and do it. You will see. You will see. I say you will see. Shall we bow heads to pray? Lord, I commit all these people into your hands. The heart, the key to the heart of man is in your hands. The word I've spoken to them today, let them run with it. You told us on Friday in the anointing service what you have done for us in this month. Beginning from that moment. And we started hearing testimonies less than 24 hours. Lord, I pray thee that you will stir up the heart of everyone in CFT Church and bring them to fulfillment of purpose. Let these scriptures I have quoted transform their hearts, transform their mind, transform their behavior and their lives. I declare, in this month of June, you will be successful. In everything you lay your hands on, the Lord will grant you success. According to what God promised us, He will open the floodgates of heaven and send rain to bless all the works of your hand. You will be blessed in your coming in. You will be blessed in your coming, going out. You will be blessed in the country. You will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the nation. The blessings of God will surround you everywhere you go. The Lord will mark you with His holy presence. And the nations of the earth will know that you are called of God. This I declare. And thank you, Father, because it's done. In Jesus' holy name we are praying. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Before I go and I hand over to Pastor Tayo, let me say this to us. Um, uh, we are going to Berlin tomorrow. And we will be, t- tonight I will be talking live on television at 6.30 on uh, Faith Channel. Tell your friends to tune into it and you to watch it. Uh, I want to remind you that if you have not booked in for the voting, don't take it lightly. Go and book. I think Monday is the last day. Tuesday. So make sure within now, Monday, go to the internet. Google, uh, you know, um, registration, vote registration, registration for UK. You'll find it. You can register online. And vote that Britain should remain in E. EU. We remain in EU. We don't leave EU. We remain in EU. We don't leave E and U. Brexit is of the devil to punish you. Anybody who votes that Britain should exit Europe, you will suffer. Serious. You know Apostle Williams, I'm a nation nationality of the whole world. Are you with me now? Anybody who rules in America, I will be his friend. Hallelujah. 
Anybody who rule in China, I will be his friend. If Britain vote to exit Europe, I will go to Germany and I will nationalize in Germany so that when I'm going, they will not hold me in Europe. Are you with me now? I will still be here as British because every British citizen has the right to go into any nation and also be a resident of that nation. I will not miss out for what God is doing, good thing God is doing in Europe. Europe is a great thing for you. You and I can set up business in Europe right now. And when we are out of it, we cannot. You have to take visa to enter Paris. You have to take visa. Now you are, if you are tired of all the, the uh, atmosphere of uh, London, you can just go to Calais. You are in Paris. And you move from there, you are in Spain. When there is so much cold here and people are screaming, you can just go to Spain and get some sunshine and come back. That is enough to keep your mood good. Hallelujah. They block it. You can't do that anymore. I tell you something. This country will go into a torture and slavery for 10 good years before they can really begin to see light of day. It will fall from greatness to ashes. All the ones they are saying that, you know, we are, we are the fifth largest economy. Let me tell you, what makes a country economy are the people that he's trading with. 40% of our trade is in Europe. So if we leave Europe today and Europe decides that, well, we put an end to that, go and now apply like other nations for trade relationship. And all the 40% quota, they may feel it too. Of course they will. But they can easily turn to other nations for, for, for supply of everything that British is supplying them. You will get that. The, the president of, of, of Spain came and said, we have 4,000 uh, British in Spain, and Spain has only 1,000 Spanish in England. And he says, mark you. If you pull out, we will do something about it. That is enough. I would agree that. Don't, don't let us be fools with them who have decided to sleep like Eli and put their head in one direction. Go and vote. And make sure you register. Don't, if you don't register by Tuesday, you can't register anymore. And tell your friends what I've told you. If your friends, you are telling them, tell, if, they, if you tell them my pastor said, if they say what is it, your pastor is a spiritual man, tell them I'm doing international law, master's degree in international law. And I've been studying about European Union law for two years. So anything, economy, business, stuff, investment, I know it's like I know you. We don't have time for that. I'll be talking a little bit about that on television today. But tell the people they should not be deceived by all this Brexit. If you are talking about immigration, all of us are immigrants. So how can we enter and then block the door for others from entering? God will break down that door. It is God who moves people. It is not the policy of nation. Because now God had moved them. All of them are coming from Africa to Europe. What will happen is that they will divert all those people to England straight away. If they are all over our boundary, we don't have capacity to stop them from coming in. They will be dying in our coast. And the whole world will start to talk against us. Nobody wants to trade with us. Which immigration are they saying that they are, they are protecting? It's a lie. It's deception of the devil. So tell your friends. Email them. Write them. To remain is God's divine intention. But I will say this to you too. On Wednesday, we will be, we'll have the privilege of, of, of uh, holding a meeting with 